All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Common Man Bets podcast. We are officially on a roll. This is like our second week in a row, like very consistent. Uh, I'm Zach. With me, we got John Reed and Lance Slots. Um, first, before we get into any of our like weekly content, we got to talk about the match last night or uh, the last weekend. You got to let me know how it went. Well, first off, Team Angus wants a formal apology from um, from Ben's here because of we were doubted from the last podcast saying we were going to be underdogs, even though we won the first match. So we will take that now. Oh, all right. Well, I would argue that underdogs win all the time. It doesn't mean I owe you anything. Mm, it sounded like you weren't uh, betting with us. So. I would not have been betting with you, but you know. Hey, that's why I wouldn't. I'm not going to own a sports book because I would lose a lot of money. Okay. So, what, so, give me give me the rundown. What happened? We had uh, a front nine blowout. Um, so pace of play was a little backed up, and we had team convicts, um, big tuna, Sammy, and. Uh, the Lizard King, um, we sent them out first. And I'll say this, just to preface the match, Team Convicts definitely outdrank uh, Team Angus the night before. Um, you had the Lizard King and, and Big Tuba put some work in the night before, which we may or may not have facilitated at times, uh, strategically, obviously. And so we sent them out first, and then Team Angus. We had a slow start. John, give him give him a give him a preview of the of the, of the slow start. So so we so we had an eight twenty eight thirty tee time, and the guy was the guys that were supposed to be ahead of us at eight ten. Um, it didn't end up showing up till about eight twenty five. So we're about pulling up there. We're getting out. We're about to head up to the first tee. These two guys just whip in front of us. And in front of them were a set of four, but they had two kids. So, so automatically, we're, we were deemed to be slow from the beginning. So they hop on, taking their good old time, and then next thing you know, we get stuck behind the, the pace of four. But we knew it was going to be a long day for Team Convex, Convex when they had to take Lizard King's ball off the first tee. Sammy and Tuna both into the woods, and we said, you know what? I think we're going to be fine. Then Sammy comes up on his second shot, said he took a five wood and left it to about 16 feet and stuck it. So we go out, we end up bogeying the first, the first hole, team conflicts par, they take an early lead. We roll in, we get all square, or so then we both hit and par. Was this, so it was a scramble, right? Scram, scramble throughout. Scramble, so Yeah, so scramble throughout. Hold two, everyone pars. Hold three, par five, uphill, long. Team, um, what what do you call it? Team convicts end up bogeying it. We end up parring it. Thankfully, safety Jake. Safety Jake. Safety Jake chipped one on to about to about two feet where we just tapped him tapped him par. No, Ooh, no, no. Right. It was it was about we had uh, a tough a tough lie off of our second shot and none of us hit a good shot. So we had about one fifty or something in third shot. I hit it in that little grass bunker thing 
and the grass is about three feet tall in it. It honestly should be ground under repair, but that's neither here nor there. Is that but, that? This isn't the big straightaway, is it? The bar five uphill. Yeah, yeah. So we oh, take, that one. That one's the worst. We take John's ball, which is short of the green, but it's in the fairway, so you can at least get the club face on the ball. Safety Jake hits it to about eight feet or so, an uphiller. I hit a bad chip. John scalded across the green. Safety Jake just proceeds to go up there and just absolutely bury a, an uphill, you know, half a bender, eight foot. And that really set the pace for us. We got even there. So so we took even there, hole four, convicts par. This is tough. Tough look for us. Ang- Angus three putts on a par three, and we bogey. Yeah. But this is, this is where the tide turns. So it's a tee box from the from the fourth tee coming down to to the uh, to or sorry from the fifth tee down to the fourth green. You, we have some hecklers from Team Convicts, and that's where things just kind of turn. The tide started to turn because yeah. we went we went back. We were down one. There they have a hard time getting off the tee box. There again, take Lizard's ball again. <laughs> so we have, we have the same thing, but we but they end up bogeying and they end up two putting. So we get up there, we take Evan's shot, he puts it next to the green, we chip it up, we one putt, we par. I bury, I bury a nice putt. Yeah, we very go. good putt. That was a very underrated putt. That was so, a good putt. So we, so, we, so we bury a putt there, we par it. You, they can see us parring, and they know they just bogeyed onto we're another par three. We're, we're celebrating. celebrating. We're, getting, we're getting loud. We're getting proud. We go up to the par three. They're everywhere. They bogey the par three. Oh, they weren't even they weren't even in the area code. They weren't even yeah. That's then, then then me and Lance get up there, both put one on the green. I'm up on I I'm I'm about probably 15 feet pin high on a downhill slope, and he's about left of the green, uh about pin level, about 15 feet. Safety Jake throws throws one up to about what? Yep. We had, we had to putt it. It wasn't a gimme. You know, we had to putt it. So, so, so safety Jake lags one up there. Good par putt. Good good Good. putt by him. Yeah. So we go up one now. Now here's where it gets tricky. Par four uphill with a little dog, with a little dog hill right. Lance has a ginormous tee shot right down, right down left side of fairway. Leaves it probably. We're about 60 yards in. We had we had about yeah we had about sixty yards in on that left side, and then convicts bogeyed the hole before, so we're up. Lance gets up there again, sticks it to what about eight feet? Yeah, about an eight footer. About an eight then footer. Then, yeah. then Lance gets up, knocks down the birdie putt, two hole swing. And then after that, it's just team, team Angus all the way. Team Angus all the way. So here's a follow up from the match do you um if you count beers minus all your strokes who do you think wins from the night before so if you take all the beers drank the night before and then subtract it to your strokes the next day where do you think we're standing is it a closer game well that would have been tough because see we were at a disadvantage because obviously i i mean i don't want to toot my own horn but i can drink some beer but I had to work until three o'clock and then drive three and a half hours to Morgantown. 
which we had Big Tuba, who <laughs> he snuck his ass out on Mountain View the day before we played, and <laughs> he was drinking beer on the golf course all day. And then he came over to the Safety Jake's, the Crow's Nest, and he proceeded to, you know, continue. You know, so we were a little bit of a disadvantage there, you know, and then you had Lizard King. He just – he does what he does. You know how that goes. I, I would definitely say that they drank, you know, more beers than we did. John and I did our part. Safety Drake, Safety Jake, not a huge beer drinker, but they definitely drank um, more beers the night before. I'll say this on the golf course, though. I know me and John did our part. Uh, we had a nice, you know, nice pile of beer, and it was gone by about 15. So, I mean – of course, court bought, course bought, course bought beer, right? Yeah, let's yeah, yeah let's not incriminate ourselves. Course yeah, bought. course bought beer, allegedly. Yeah. In quotations, course bought beer. Correct. Respect Mountain View. So from there on out, we hold a, we close them out. We go up, go in the back nine plus three. We end up going plus four, and then we end up getting going. At, I take that back. We end up going plus five on the back. We end up dropping two two bogeys in a row. Then we start ripping darts in the middle of a fairway after Safety Jake hit a big long drive on fourteen, and then next thing you know, it just was game over from there. And we just went went back up, got our lead, ended up falling apart there towards the end. We got a little tired, got a little little cranky, uh, but we still end up uh, we squared on the back, but one overall with plus plus three. Gotcha. It kind of held your own. I mean, that's all you can do on the back. That's all that matters. Yeah. We we, we kind of cruise, but the 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 back back nine darts really uh, really gave us that uh, that push to finish out strong. That's good. Well, I'm I all right. I'll say it. I'm sorry. I doubted you guys. I'm sorry, but you no, know, I would argue that me doubting you guys actually brought you to victory. So in that case, I'm not sorry at all. So I'm just gonna take just take what you can get. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll take so, that. Going uh, kind of off of last week into this week, let's talk about how we did last week. How do we do, hey, fellas? Pre preseason wise, I've probably won roughly around almost a hundred dollars. Actually, I take that back, over a hundred dollars in just I'm, preseason football. I'm going to throw this out there. I said I think I'm pretty sure it, I don't really listen to him back, but I'm pretty sure I said this. I said. Wow, all of these under over under lines seem really low. And what was it? Three hit the under. So I would like to uh, get all my cash from everyone that bet from that. So uh, I'm I'm feeling good about myself. What uh, what bets are you feeling good about? Uh, so I I sweated through a parlay last Thursday that I talked about. Patriots plus three over 31 and a half for the uh, Ravens Tennessee game ended up winning about 25 bucks off that. So I had to really sweat through that one because the Giants only scored a touchdown with like 30 seconds to go, but they decided to kick the field goal. So which ended up being great. Um, one, one 10 bucks on Atlanta Falcons money line, which was a huge party bet um, the night before the match. Yeah. And then, um, so that was, that was a good one. But this is how this is where we made our money was that the day after the match, sitting around the pool, crushing some beers, playing some wiffle ball, 
Pittsburgh Steelers minus one and Miami Dolphins money line. It was always Miami Dolphins money line. Lance said it last week. He said that was his lock. It was always Miami. Ended up winning uh, about 80 bucks off of uh, both of those games. So, you know, what what more could you want? Yeah. So I, I rode with, with uh, Friday night was fun. Um, we rode, the, like John said, we rode the Falcons. I rode falcons and i really wanted to bet detroit but a road falcons ended up working out and then uh saturday steelers bet at the at the uh the crow's nest 2.0 pool party and then you missed the you missed the after party not really a party the after lounge basically where we watched the steelers game and that ending of the steelers game was just unbelievable so they went for it on fourth down. Um, so I had minus one and a half Steelers, I think. Or, yeah, minus one. But anyway, so they go for it on fourth down. They get stuffed. And we're all sitting around, and we're just like, God, like, come on. Really? And so then uh, they get the ball at, like, the 50. And first play, Seahawks, for whatever stupid reason – like, first play, I'm thinking, all right, they're just going to stuff it up the gut, call a timeout, reset, see what's going on. Drew Locke drops back under center, not even out of the, not even out of the, uh, the shotgun. He drops back, like, five-step drop, and edge rusher – I don't even know who it was. Edge rusher comes around, strip sack. We pick the ball up. You know, next thing you know, Kenny Pickett slings a pass, slings another pass, freaking touchdown – it was the place exploded like we won the Super Bowl at the Crow's Nest. It was unreal. So oh, that's awesome. You, you love to see it. But it was always the Dolphins. Yep. That was it was always the Dolphins. It, it was always the Dolphins. But here's the thing. We got some more we got some more preseason, but this is our last podcast where there will not be college football. Next week. College football is officially back with week zero, and we are going to have some heavy, heavy college football week week zero lines come out. And then after after this week, is football officially back? Is I mean, I mean, I yeah, I would argue it's already back, right? Yeah, I mean that's what you argue with with preseason football, but hey, it's such a teaser. I feel like it's such a teaser in August. Like it, we're it so really close. It, it really doesn't get. You know, we really don't get that, like, real deal feel until, like, September 3rd or 4th. I don't know. I haven't looked at the calendar. Let me look at the calendar. Yeah, kind of that, like – It's like it's always a tease. You're just like, ooh, like, ooh. get excited. Like, the 3rd. September the 3rd should be – are they playing September the 3rd or is it the 10th is when they start? So, NF, so NFL starts the 10th that following week. But college football week zero be the eleventh. Yeah, so college football week zero is the twenty seventh, and then following that week is we consider week one. So the third is week one, college football. So, correct, and because the Mountaineers play on the first. Okay. Speaking of which, so not to like totally transition, but like, how are we feeling about this Mountaineers uh, game following the release of the AP top twenty five? It's one of those things that, as a Mountaineer fan, you couldn't be more excited for because 
you want to be that team that gets that first week week one upset over a ranked team versus a very unranked team as the Mountaineers because there's a lot of uh, controversy what the Mountaineers are truly setting at right now because no one really knows what that back half of that outside of that top 25 is for AP for the AP poll. Roughly, you know, the Mountaineers, they're thinking the Mountaineers are suffering around mid-40s, 45, 44, roughly somewhere in, in through there. So we're having a kind of a lower to mid, mid to low, you know, power five team. You know, this is everything you could want going into week one is to go on the road, get that major win, get that upset, and, you know, show like Mountaineers are here to play this season. But as a Pitt fan, you're like, well, we're coming in, we're 16, new quarterback, new system, but we're returning a lot of guys, pick up where we left off. So could go either way. I think if I was a betting man and didn't have anything on, like just was saying who's going to win, who's not, pit minus seven all the way, I think. Pit minus seven? Pit minus seven. I think I'm going pit with the points. Going pit with the points. So my thing is I really want it to fall to plus seven. And I want WVU plus seven and a half. That's, that's what I want. That's what I think is going to be it. I think the game will be – I think it will be uh, – the game will finish around anywhere from three to about six points, I think will be kind of the final score. But I really want that over – or sorry, that plus seven and a half. But yeah. also, I like the over 51 and a half, too, at, at first glance. Just to get – yeah. After, chat, after chatting with, you know, a couple uh, couple people, the over 51 and a half, it's a lot of points. You know, that's saying that it's going to be roughly around 27, 28 points – or, sorry, excuse me, 26, 26 points, you know, somewhere around in there, you know, 28, 27, you know, kind of a little bit scoring game, but, you know – who doesn't like to bet the over in their first their first game? Yeah. Life's too short to bet the under. Yeah, I yeah, I would agree with that. So, but right now, I like West Virginia plus seven, but I'd really love them at plus seven and a half. Now, are they but week zero or are they one? One. So what are the week zero games we got? Well, we'll talk about that next week, but we got Nebraska Northwestern, Nevada, New Mexico State, Wyoming, Illinois. UConn, Utah State, Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, North Texas, UTEP, and my favorite game, Vanderbilt, Hawaii. Cannot wait to bet on Hawaii Moneyline at home against Vanderbilt. Plus 210. Can't wait to talk about it and bet it next week. <laughs> I got my eyes set on that North Texas UTEP game. That's that's where that'll I'm, be. I think that'll I, be a good one. I'm gonna be so dialed on that game. And uh, what was the other – run through that again on the second half. Run through the second half of that again. So, the second half of that, I'll go from bottom up, Hawaii, Vanderbilt, UTEP, North Texas, Fort Atlantic, Fort Atlantic, Charlotte. Charlotte, Charlotte. Last year, I was betting on Charlotte a lot for whatever. Charlotte did beat Duke at the beginning of the year last year. 49ers were were a force to be reckoned with there for a little bit, and then they really fell off. But here, here's here's my another one of my picks that I like is Northwestern plus twelve in Dublin. If you think Nebraska is going to go over there and beat Northwestern by over twelve points, 
you're highly, highly mistaken. This is the same Nebraska team that lost to Illinois at the beginning of the year in Champaign, and now you're you're sending them to Dublin to lose in week zero? Come on now. Yeah, I think they're going to lose. I think they're going to lose by like well, they're four or five to seven. So, so I will be betting on Northwestern. So mm. we'll see. But also next Saturday is the common man draft, fantasy football draft next Saturday. Yeah, it is. Oh, I forgot about that. So next Saturday, I will be drafting from my phone next week because I'll be a, I'll be away for a birthday weekend celebration. So, but I'll be able to draft from my phone, so it makes it all better. But that's a good one that we can get into talking about a little fantasy football next week as well. Because some fantasy football go next week, some college football. That's gonna be that's gonna be a good pod. Special guest next week, hopefully, Donnie Glass to get, come in here and give us hot takes. Donnie, and Donnie down the street, Donnie. Donnie up the street. Donnie up the street. Damn it. So, Donnie, what is the draft the 29th or the 27th? 27th. Commissioner, don't you need to know this? Yeah, I probably should know this as commissioner, but as commissioner, it is the 27th at 530. 5:30. We could do we could possibly do a live uh an Instagram live for that. You, you guys could get together do an Instagram live. Everyone join in. I'll be driving. Sorry. You will be driving. I'll be I'll be away, but I'll be able to drive from my phone. But um, if you're listening to this right now, it is probably late Wednesday night. You're listening to this early Thursday morning or Thursday day. But you're going to be hearing me say this. I'm going to the Red Sox Pirates game tomorrow. I'm a huge Red Sox fan. It's a bet. We are going in Red Sox minus one and a half tomorrow. The pitcher they have on the mound is for the Pirates is like 2-10, and ten. Rich Hill's on the mound. Oh, I mean, Dick Mountain. Dick Mountain's on. I mean, the Red Sox are in last place in the in their uh, division, so they have nothing to lose. I mean, hell, the Baltimore Orioles are ahead of them. So they're kicking the snot out of the Pirates right now, and I think they're just going to end up sweeping it. Um, so they're going to claim, claim it tomorrow, claim the series tomorrow. I mean, you got Kiki Hernandez back. I'm so excited against Devers, JD Martinez, uh, Tommy Fan, uh, um, all the guys out there. So pretty excited. Pretty pretty excited. That'll, where are you guys sitting? Uh, standing room only tickets. So we'll be in the outfield next to the bullpen, slugging beers, uh, telling people uh, left hand tits, right hand ass the whole time. <laughs> Classic Ooh. game. Classic game. I love it. Um, so, yeah, um, going into more like baseball now, because I would argue it's baseball season right now. We can talk about football next week, but it's gosh darn baseball season. Uh, I guess I don't really have anything to say about baseball other than that I freaking hate it. Yeah. It steals all my money. Why is it that this time of year that the Mets and Braves is always like heating up? Like, like last night, all I see on Twitter is Mets and Braves, Mets and Braves, Mets and Braves. I, I mean, they're, I feel like they're, they're just two high-profile, pretty solid teams. That yeah. I feel like the Braves have the backing of like the like the common baseball. Like, do you know anybody that hates the Braves? Well, the Braves, yes. Do you actually? I do. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: the the Braves have 
So there's like the Braves and the Cardinals are the two most popular baseball teams as far as population, uh, like as far as statewide populations. Obviously, like the Yankees are going to be your number one or maybe the yes. rest. But the Braves have, if you think about it in the Southeast, the Braves, they have that entire TV market. Yeah, and I feel like, I mean, this is where I'm coming from is I don't think like the common baseball fan, like some guy in California or Oregon or Washington or whoever, like they might not like the Braves, but they don't hate the Braves. Like, I feel like with the Mets, you can hate the Mets. You know what I mean? And I I don't ever remember people being Mets fans. And then all of a sudden there's so many Mets fans. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just, it's, it's one of those things right now is the Mets and the, uh, Atlanta are battling for uh, top uh, top seed in the uh, NL East as the Mets have a four and a half game lead. I feel like this keeps happening so, year to year, probably because the Mets have had a resurgence and the Braves, obviously, World Series champs. And basically, the the Mets go out hot, and then the Braves catch up to them at the end of the year. I always like the Braves. I like their uniforms. Yeah, see what? I, yeah, this is what I'm saying. You. You can't really hate the Braves. There's nothing to hate about the Braves. Andrew Jones, back in the day, he was he was sick. But yeah, I have one question for Ben's here. How do you feel about uh, the Baltimore Orioles being ahead of the Minnesota Twins for the wild card uh, wild card race? I'm pretty sure I told this from the beginning. Um, I kind of knew that the Twins were just gonna crumble and fold here at the end and I've been preparing myself so I'm okay with that hey you know it is what it is yeah I don't, I'm just hoping because I read a I heard a stat today that we are 30 oh what was it we're 32 and 39 since May so like we don't deserve to win anything it's we were good and like early in the year but now we suck so hopefully we figured out and going on a run, but I don't, there's, I don't know. I just don't really see it unless we get all these guys that are injured back. We have so many pitchers that are out and our bullpen just sucks. Like if you, um, if you look at how many games our bullpen has lost us alone, it would be astronomical. I bet, I don't even know how many games we've lost right now, but I would say I've watched, I don't watch every game, but I'd say I'd watched about 10 that I was like, oh, I think we got this in the bag, and then bullpen blows it. It's just astonishing. Well, I feel like the Orioles even quit. They, uh, yeah, we got remember. their closer. They made a move. Yeah, they made a move, a couple moves there, where they basically just just kind of quit. Um, I think the the yeah. Orioles are going to be in a good spot here. I think in a couple of years, like maybe next year starting to see things. And then like the years after that, I think they're going to be really good. Which is, Um, you know, it's a business decision to quit. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to, you know, you're, do you think you have a chance? I mean, their, their division, like you're saying, the Red Sox are in last place in the division and they're right around 500, which you're not going to find that in any other division in baseball. So it's, this is why – this is kind of the reason that I'm super glad that they somehow adopted a version of the expanded playoff because it would always be super annoying how the East would have like three, probably four potential playoff teams, and then it would just be the freaking Yankees that would go. You know, And then you'd get that one 
that one wild card. I think having this expanded wild card is pretty sweet. I'm glad yeah. that they did that. What's the, uh, what's the update on Manoa? What's his Cy Young status? I, I saw he had like five losses the last time I looked. Did he? Yeah, it's, I think he's starting to come back down to earth. Yeah, it's came it's came back to earth a lot. He's twelve and five. He's, he's dealing right now. He'll get his thirteenth win tonight against the uh, the Orioles. But um, but yeah, after right at there going in the All Star break, he kind of lost one or two they shouldn't have. Then coming out of the All Star break, one one, and then that blues him like two straight. So ended up getting about four losses in a span of five games with some no decisions in there too. He's so, been pretty fine. Too. It's not like he's throwing one, two run gems and then like no offense. It's kind of, he's given up four to five runs. I would say a game. Like it's yeah. not anything. So with, with me just saying that as we speak, I end up giving two home runs up in the fifth, uh, in the top of the fifth there. He's five innings in 83 pitches, three hits, two on runs, seven Ks, two walks. So we'll probably Are they still winning. They're tied two to two, Ugh. and the Orioles are due up. So if he can hold out strong, he'll probably go out after the sixth inning here. Um, they'll probably bring someone in for the seventh, and he'll get another no decision. So, yeah. but that's happened. That's happened a lot this year. But this considered still being his, I guess you would say, still consider this his full rookie year because he came he came in to the end of last season. Uh, pretty uh, remarkable stuff too. So, yeah, for sure. But yeah, so lot lot of things, a lot of things going on here. A lot of things for the for the pod. But Red Sox, Red Sox are it tomorrow. All right, let's see. Red Sox are it. You heard it from John Latt. Also, we got to go shout out to uh, Sammy last week picking the Buckos for the uh, won. win. That was pretty sweet. Win. Buckos won that night. He wanted the Buckos that night, and uh, they played it around like ten. And then put in like six to four. Check the tape. Check the tape. It's there. That was roll it. That was lit. All right. Here we go. For my picks this week. I'm gonna roll, I'm gonna roll through here. I'm gonna pick a couple games that I like. Um, give me uh Rams plus three this week. I think they have Houston at home. I think uh Rams get it done. It'll be a plus three game. Um, I think uh Houston's not very good. And I think the Rams are just a lot better. Even their backups are a lot better. So give me the Rams plus three. Um, my phone will load here. Give me over 41 and a half points for the Bills and Broncos. I think the Bills and Broncos will start ramping up, playing a lot more of their starters and their players. So give me over 41 and a half and give me the Broncos plus five as well. Um Next, give me Colts money line plus one hundred five against the Lions at home. I think the Lions are still bad. Give me here's a good one: Steelers plus four against the Jaguars. Jaguars are zero and two. Steelers are plus four. I like the Steelers. I might even go Steelers money line plus one one fifty five. Don't get here's, too crazy, John Reed. Here we go now. All right. Next, give me Cowboys plus three against the Chargers. I think the Cowboys kind of figured it out, turned around here. They had a bad preseason game. Um, my last, give me Arizona Cardinals plus six and a half. Um, the Baltimore Ravens have won like, like 20 – I think they're on like a 21-game win streak or something crazy in, in uh, preseason. Uh, Baltimore Ravens are 
money when it comes to preseason, but I think plus six and a half is a lot of points. Uh, and then finally, give me uh, the Browns uh, money line plus 110 against the Eagles at home. And those are my picks for preseason football. Land, you got any picks? Steelers plus four? Steelers plus four. That's what Vegas says. What do you think, Lance? I think I might throw the freaking farm on Steelers money line. I mean, that's egregious. There's there they got three. They have three. Like, this is gonna sound wrong, you know. And you come at me at week four, week five, and we have no idea what we're doing. This is a preseason. We have three like quarterbacks who can play. So we're going to have somebody in there who can play at all time. I... Yeah, so what you're saying is basically you have Chicago's starting quarterback as your third string. Plus four? That doesn't even make sense. I I, like it, I, yeah, I'm with – what's the over-under, 38 and a half? I think it's, I think it's 41 and a half. Let me, let me, let me double-check that. It is um, – Who's the Jags quarterbacks? Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Is it uh, 42 and a half? 42 and a half over under. Could be a parlay um, situation there. Steelers money line and an under. So a lot of those unders have increased to around 40 points. Yeah. So. I don't know. I just feel like the Steelers are going to try to win every preseason game. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. got that vibe to it. You got three guys who are really com- competing, it seems like. Um, early word is Trubisky, I guess. Twitter. I heard Rudolph. And, and that, well, that's what I heard as well. But then I read an, an article that that said Trubisky. But everything I see on Twitter is Rudolph's running with the first team. So, I don't know. And then you got Kenny Pickett with the game-winning drive in the preseason. I I mean, I, I just – you you obviously I'm biased. I want Steelers to win. It's preseason. doesn't matter. Out of all the teams that are playing the preseason, I feel like they're trying to like – you know, they their players are trying to win on offense more than any – than other teams, Is that if that makes sense. Yeah, they've got spots to fill on offense. Yeah. Like yeah. in major positions. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So, Lance, you're throwing the farm on Steelers' money line or plus four Steelers' money line and plus four? I think you just go money line. I think you just go money line there. You heard it here first, kids. Farm, mortgage, all on Steelers' money line. Go money line. All right, here's my hot take for the Steelers' quarterback. There's been rumors out that uh, the Detroit Lions will be trading for Mason Rudolph and before the season starts to get a good backup quarterback for Jared Goff. For Goffy. For that, Tim Boyle is not going to cut it. But Jacksonville Jaguars have arguably the best backup quarterback before we end here, and his name is the one and only C.J. Beathard. Oh, C.J. Beathard. So, a lot of good backup – a lot of good starting quarterbacks, a lot of good backup quarterbacks being played against the be, Jaguars. It could be a big week. Um, for my baseball picks, just follow my Twitter. I throw them on there whenever I make them. But – I think we're running out of time, so we got to kind of wrap it up. But as always, choose. You can fade us. You cannot fade us. Um, you'll probably make money if you fade us, but maybe not. I don't know. We'll have to see. It's only preseason. 
But as always, happy betting. Thanks for tuning in. And we will uh, talk to you guys next week. It was always Team Angus. Thanks. <laughs> All right. We'll see you later, everybody.